0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Locked In Podcast. My name is Ani. My name is Shree. We have a very special guest here with us today.
1: Today, we're going to be talking to Mr. Derek Rhodes, who is the Director of Business Strategy at the Miami Heat. Um, We're just going to be learning a little more about sports business and trying to get some more insight in how the workings of that field are. Um, Some of Mr. Rhodes' previous occupations include supporting first class organizations, including Duke men's basketball, the U.S. men's national team for basketball. And now he's with the Miami Heat. So we're looking forward to learning more from him. Just to start off, we just kind of wanted to know like your your main role with the Heat and kind of some of the, the operational tasks like you do on a day to day basis for the team. Yeah. So well, thank you guys. Um,
2: first, yeah, my so my name is Derek Rhodes. I run the business strategy uh, team at Miami Heat, and our job is to really, you know, find solutions to, you know, our, our biggest challenges in in the company. So whether that's identifying and making recommendations on revenue gaps or operational inefficiencies, you know, that's where the business strategy team will step in. So we both identify problems and then we lead the cross-functional projects needed to uh, solve those problems. So uh, within the business strategy team. Um, We have data analytics, products, uh, software engineering, uh, and our project management team. And uh, together, we organize priorities. And and my job is to make sure that all of the things that that group of folks are working on um, are top priority for our leadership. So whether that's our uh, business operations or basketball operations, that we are moving in in lockstep with our both short-term and
0: long-term priorities. Cool. That was really good insight just because we were wondering what specifically with regards to business strategy you were involved with. So, so speaking of, of business strategy and business, you know, in and of itself, what sparked your passion for pursuing a career in sports business? It's a career that people don't really, are people aren't really familiar with. So I'm, I'm curious, like what sparked your passion with, with going this route?
2: So for me, I, I love um, the, this industry because I'm I'm faced with new challenges, uh, not every year, um, not every quarter, but literally every day. Um, so I, I wake up and again, as you guys heard, I, you know, we could run the gamut of, of opportunities for our business. So uh, because I am in the business strategy world, I don't have a, a direct uh, tie to, you know, a, a Particular sales goal, for instance, or I don't have clients, right? That I that I have to check in with or relationship to manage. So I'm very fortunate in that uh, I get to just really take a step back, look at bird's eye view, and find where I want to dive in. And I think sports it allows you to do that because it is an industry that requires all hands on deck. Um, it, you know, you you have titles and you have roles and responsibility, uh, but you know. Almost every other night, at least 42 times out of the year, we are welcoming 20,000 people into our arena and more <laughs> online and viewing. So I, you know, that in and of itself presents both opportunities and challenges to, to make sure that I'm coming up with strategies and ideas that engage our fan base, that aren't stale, that they didn't see at game 31, and now they're seeing it again at game 33. Um, so for me, that's what really... Uh, drew me and gravitated me towards the sports industry you know i i think about just the the past few years i've had um at the heat and and in sports you know my team's been different every year that i've been at the heat Mm -hmm. Uh, there were times we you know my first two years we didn't make the playoffs right one year i had d wade and chris bosh the next year i only had d wade The next year I didn't have D-Wade, you know, we didn't make the playoffs, then we got Jimmy Butler, then we got Andre Iguodala, then, and that's all within like three years, right? And so I've had to be agile and really think about, okay, this new strategy for ticket sales or this new marketing strategy um, or push notification strategy to personalize our messaging, for instance, on the Heat app, right, may need to shift um, should we have, for instance, a a major uh, a major trade or a major event or a major win, right? So I don't find that in other industries you have that um, that ability to be so agile, um, so so quickly. And then the last thing I'll say is that I, I literally get to see the fruit of my labor, right? And so it's something that. Um, you know, you can very easily say that if Derek thinks that a, a switch up in uh, the concessions line will generate more revenue for our food and beverage concessions, right? That's a very clear measurement um, that I can be assessed on. And if it doesn't go well, guess what? I get to pivot the next day, right, for a different game and a different audience. Um, so that's really what, what drew me to it um, in, in addition to just the literal team environment.
1: Yeah, it's really cool to hear that because we, like, whenever we go to arenas or anytime we have a chance to catch a game, we usually just are are focusing on the game and all the other fan engagement yeah. is. It, it's kind of cool to see, but we kind of just take that for granted as kind of oh, you know, like that's the team operations. But it's nice yeah. hearing that from someone who's, like, actually directly involved. So, with regards to your specific tasks and kind of like the whole strategy team in general, has has the recent pandemic kind of changed how operations and decisions on a daily basis are conducted like i don't know just generally within the framework of sports business and also just kind of in in general
2: yeah so i'll start generally you know i i don't think we're dissimilar from from anywhere else in that we're you know <laughs> having to make a, the transition to obviously a lot of video conferences um I will, however, call out that that is particularly challenging for our industry because so much of what we do is hands on and it is on the court and it is in the arena. Um, so it's very it has been challenging sometimes to be in meetings and needing the visual that we can't necessarily provide right now. Um, and when our, uh, you know, the 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 product on the court is we don't have that, right? We, we also are cognizant of the fact, um, to your point about our industry specifically, like our players are with their families right now, right? And and mm-hmm. just like everyone else. And so that has, in terms of operations and decision-making, shifted how we might approach them, for instance, right? And, and when we might approach them. Um, Obviously, we're heavily focused on resuming our season in in Atlanta right now. I'm sorry, in Orlando um, at the end of July. And, you know, some of the things we're looking at are, are probably similar to other industries. But from an operations perspective, you know, we're thinking about entry and flow. And that's something that will also um, we are in parallel doing research at the Heat. Right, our arena operations are going to have to shift, and that will fall on onto my team to help help guide um, all of those moving parts. You know, how are people now going to enter our arena? Um, are people going to be sitting, sitting next to each other at games? Are we removing rows? Are we having fans sit in a different uh, location? Um, so really, you know, thinking through the entirety of our business um, and how that is going to, to shift really how people are consuming Miami Heat games, right? So um, that, that's, that's sort of the, the first half of that. The other half, you know, in terms of how the pandemic has has changed our, you know, decision making process, um, we're much more deliberate, um, we're much more thoughtful, um, and I think we are hyper aware of both the health challenges um, that the pandemic presents, but also um, the just operational challenge to finishing our season and so we are you know before we even make a decision you know we make sure we do what's around the horn that everybody's voices are heard that we are actually spending you know maybe let's not decide in this meeting let's give it a week or two and then come back to it so i think a lot of people uh you know are are at the time, a few weeks ago, there was all this angst around when's the NBA is going to make an announcement? When is it happening? And, you know, your question so timely, because we don't want to rush decision making, right? This pandemic is serious, lives are affected, lives are at stake. And so we want to, whether it's a a business decision or a personal decision, we want to make sure that we've been been really thoughtful uh, about that throughout. Um, So it, it is a little bit uh slower but it is also um much much more thoughtful
0: definitely definitely um so one question that I have is I think it's pretty common knowledge or I think it's safe to say that if a team's doing pretty well on the basketball court the financial side becomes easier because people want to come to games you know if the, the Lakers always have Um, usually really good attendance, but especially if they're they're, they're the number one seed and they're the best team in the NBA, they generally will have every single game sold out. So if the team isn't doing well and you were talking about your experience being on the Heat for, for two years when the Heat didn't make the playoffs, is it the job of the business side to implement new strategies during the season to sort of dig the team out of a hole financially if ticket sales aren't going up or if people just aren't coming to games?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, I think you know. Yes, it is. We we pay close attention to, to team performance. I don't want to discredit the work of my of my business operations colleagues. It is even if the team is performing well, that does not necessarily mean we are having a financially strong season either, right? So, I think uh, this season is a good example for us, right? We are comfortably in the playoffs, um, amongst the top four. Four teams, um, but we aren't making any money, right? We aren't. No one's uh, at concessions, and obviously, you know that's uh, given the coronavirus pandemic. But I'll give you another example. Um, you know, in the years that we didn't make the playoffs, we still had the number one retail store across the league. You know, beyond the Lakers um, after they got LeBron, beyond it, like, and so that is, you know, I think the the work of deep, deep, strategic and deliberate thinking, again, about our long-term priorities. So we as an organization, and what I'm constantly you know, preaching to, to the team is that we have to be looking long-term and future-proof our business. So I don't want to ever have to consider team performance, right? I want to be able to go to my organization and say, this is what we are going to consistently bring in, right? This is what we consistently feel good about. Um, and again, at the, at the sort of micro level, we're able to be a little bit more agile, right? So if things aren't working, yeah, we, we adjust. And if we have a low revenue game for whatever reason, um, sure, our strategies for the following one may be more aggressive. Um, but what we really, really try to do is spend, you know, and I'll, I'll just say this quickly, like one of the questions I often get is like, well, what are you doing the off season? You know, are you like, what what trips are you taking? And that's really the busiest time. <laughs> um, and the, the off season, my family will tell you, it's like my phone is—I'm hard to reach um, because it's really within that three-month period we have to assess the, everything from the previous season, all 82 games. Um, we have to, you know, adjust things that didn't work well after that review. Then we have to schedule the following season. Um, And then we have to plan out the strategies for the season. So it is a very long term game so that hopefully we aren't having to constantly
1: um, be adjusting our our long term uh, priorities. Cool. And kind of following up on the whole the the tie in between the sports and the the business side. So if the team isn't doing well, but all the financials are good and you know the the revenue is good fan engagement is high and the organization like the organization is still like relatively popular among the lead like what's how did the the employees feel generally like on the business side because i know i know losing seasons are tough on the fans i know losing seasons are tough on the front office but well i'm just gonna give the example of like the knicks you know like they sell out at most every game they still have like high jersey sales and obviously with new york being a big market it's still one of the most popular teams but i know nicks fans are suffering so i kind of wanted to get the business perspective on how how employees really take losing seasons
2: yeah i mean you know we're we're one big family right so we we all care about our, how our team performs um and i think you know we're i i can't speak to to other organizations obviously but we are in lockstep with every aspect of of the heat group and so you know, there is no, um, this is front office responsibility. This is business operations responsibility. Um, this is the responsibility of our fans. We're one big team. And you, you really feel that in the office, um, you know, look, when the team's not doing well, it's not just basketball operations that are upset, right? The people who had to try to convince our corporate partner that we would have X amount of eyes <laughs> on their ad is really upset because they put in a lot of work in that off season. And guess what, they made a promise to a partner like Gatorade or ESPN or our Jersey partner that we couldn't fulfill, not because it was a bad strategy or a bad idea, but because our we lost. <laughs> and and so that means that everyone's feeling it, right? Because we are all, the, the things that we work on are in service of our team. And so when we, we all hurt, we hurt together
0: so you actually answered one of our questions that we had Uh, one of the other questions we were going to ask was is there more work during the season or during the off season but you answered that a few minutes ago so thanks for that but a question i had uh with regards to something you talked about a few minutes earlier is when you're implementing new strategies so for example you said um, you might want to change the way the lines are at concession stands and see if that makes an impact on revenue do you have to be mindful of the opponent you guys are playing or the time of the year or the specific game that's happening when you're implementing new strategies so for example if it's a christmas day game are you playing it safe and not implementing any new strategies or if the lakers come to town or the celtics come to town a very good team that is going to be sold out are you mindful of that and making sure that if you are implementing implementing new strategies you're taking that into account with regards to maybe concession sales increase because it was a big team and it was a long game. So people were hungrier. Is that stuff you take into account or do you only implement like new strategies in sort of safe games if like the Hornets come to town, for example? It's such a good question. And yeah, we, we adjust by, by game. We
2: adjust by, you know, time of year. Um, We adjust by public sentiment. Um, We adjust by, you know, what people send us on social media, um, so there's we're constantly, constantly mindful. And one thing, just a you know, huge shout out, my team, we've got a team of 35 people um, who are all data analysts um, and we live and breathe in, in the data of our business. And they're constantly mining data and, and finding those insights, um, literally sometimes in the middle of the game. So a, a perfect example is a Saturday night game against, Uh, LeBron James and the Lakers may be very different than a Monday night game against Charlotte. Right. And so you could come to the arena on Saturday and the pricing you see may be different. And we don't, I will say we do not variable price, but some teams whose business strategy uh, groups advocate for that. um, You may see different prices um, depending on that. Right. Um, And so we have to adjust. And it's also you know, I like to think about our world in terms of like different levers we pull. So it's not always just the in arena experience, but maybe I, I keep the in arena experience consistent the entire season, regardless of opponent, and I'm going to pull on my digital levers a little bit more, right? I'm going to switch up how I uh, am, you know, using our email marketing tool, right, or how I am thinking about our, our retail experience or push notifications that I'm sending that can then generate. So it, it's a combination, but we are so, so mindful. And, and that's another reason why I love this industry and what I do is because I have to sort of keep an eye on everything and be ready to just have like in my back pocket, 800 strategies that I can roll out um, as we're constantly in real time
1: seeing uh, the, the efficacy of those strategies. So kind of following up on that with, specifically fan engagement i know right now with social media there's so many different like platforms people can use to you know get surveys from fans you know get user engagement and and feedback from certain strategies implemented but what have you found that's tended to work the best with regards to you know getting like the true opinion of what fans think when they when they go to the arena and experience everything and when there's like in-game promotions and what's like your most accurate not not really accurate but i don't don't, like the most effective way of determining whether a fan enjoyed what they experienced at the game
2: yeah so we you know it's it's a great question because we take it so seriously um at the heat and there is a continuous feedback loop. so you know i'll just kind of run you through at the end of every game if you attend a miami heat game and and you purchase a ticket from us you're going to get a survey at the end of the game. Um, If we saw that you scanned in your ticket and that you were there, we're gonna ask you about your experience. Similarly, because I have just an amazing team of data scientists, um, I know that uh, the Derek that is on uh, Twitter is the same Derek that's filling out this form, right? And so I can see Derek's sentiment in our customer relationship management tool and and know that, okay, if I am a, a rep, Right. I know that. Well, Derek said he had a poor in-game ex- or said on social media, he had a bad in-game experience. Right. But this survey he did also gave it a nine out of 10. Right. So maybe there's there's a disconnect or let me see. Maybe we aren't being clear. So that's one way we we collect and and, um, and amalgamate feedback. The other way, you know, I, we are. You know, I listen, listen to my friends, listen, like it's also the informal feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that's really important because we're not afraid to, to try something and, and say that it came outside of our world. In fact, that's when we are most excited about it because it means that the response will be something that people wanted. it. Um, so, you know, we we take it seriously i mean those and again the also other informal piece of it is you know our, our membership representatives and our premium sales team are are absolutely amazing and you know they have they are texting their clients they're texting our members right and we are tracking all of that information and taking it very seriously again when the off season comes everyone is sitting down and listening and talking and revising the last piece i'll add to that is Um, on game day as I walk around the arena I have on my phone uh, real-time information and data across every aspect of our business Um, so I could see how many people in the building how much money we've made how much how many jerseys we've sold um, how many uh, shots of gray goose we've administered like down to that level of detail right and it's a lot in Miami it's a lot all right but you know it's It's what we also add to that piece when when executives at the end of every game, um, executives go into a room and we (laughs) look at these reports and we say the next page on that is an analysis of all of the fan feedback that we've gotten in game. So, you know, I think when people come to games and they're like, you're filling out the little card somebody handed you randomly as you're getting your nachos or you're stopping by a stand. And like, all of that does make its way back to us and we take it seriously. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm most excited uh, when I do get to to hear fans and not just hear them, but also say, look, I heard you and here's what we did about it. Helps with loyalty, right? Keeps you coming back.
1: Well, of course.
0: Definitely. And so our last question is, you've talked about so many things and just from me thinking about your job and a day in your shoes there seem to be so many variables you have to balance and it seems like as you said there's so many levers that you can pull and you have you know your five-year plan from whatever the heat want to do for the next five years in terms of strategy and you have your own personal things that you might want to tweak so how do you stay focused and not get lost in what seems like so much data so much information and so much power to change things how do you keep your focus and make sure that you're not getting lost in all that
2: Ooh, i like that question um it's it's really it's tough right and you know i i like the game of basketball um also right so i'm the type that you know i'm looking at all of this data all this information but then guess what? I'm also getting in group chats and I'm getting like into arguments with my friends and I'm also getting ESPN articles about our teams at my way or about everything generally. Right. And so you're right. It is a lot to to take in. And for me and my role as somebody that like, again, can go and pull different levers when needed. You really have to make sure that you're not reactionary, right? Like, we have a long, long season. Um, and so, you know, I think when I first started, I would be so reactive to, you know, a, a gap I saw in, in, in our revenue or something, right? Um, and want to adjust quickly. But what I realized is that sometimes you need a little breathing room to test it out. Um, but then also just from a personal perspective, right? You kind of got to give, your, give yourself um, a little grace um, because again, there are eighty-two opportunities to get this right, right? And if you're like me, again, as I laid out in the beginning, I've had so many different seasons that uh, you know it, it is almost fun <laughs> to to um, take a step back and look at the data and find out you know in those in those years what worked well and what didn't. Um, but but it's a, it's a constant challenge. I, I think the other thing I'd add is like you know, making sure we are hyper-focused on priorities. So if you're in my office, I have a whiteboard. And for the people that will listen to this, that work with me, they're laughing right now. Because if you come to me with that, idea, I go straight to the whiteboard. Um, And I say, where does this fall within these three things, right? And if it's not on that board, I can't worry about it at the time. Now, that doesn't mean I won't ever focus on it, right? But it means it goes in my parking lot. Right, I literally have a folder called Parking Lot, um, and in the off season, I go to it, and I'm like, okay, that thing that bothered me really on a Monday night against Charlotte, like, let me figure it out now, as opposed to being so reactionary in the moment.
1: Cool. Well, this is amazing because we we've just been generally focusing on the sports and kind of the more the mundane aspects of sports in general, but this is great to kind of get that behind the scenes look at. Some of the more business operational things that happen for teams so we really appreciate your time and thank you for for joining us no thank you guys for having me and thanks for everything you guys do keep up the good work
0: thank you thank you so much see you guys once again thank you to derek for coming on the podcast it was really informative and we learned a lot about the business side of sports something that we both have been curious about and if you were curious about that hopefully you guys learned a lot more about that too So, once again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Locked In Podcast. Please follow us on our Instagram page, podcast.lockedin. For the latest updates, we have some great new content coming your way. So, stay tuned for that. Uh, And as always, stay safe. Wash your hands.
1: Wash your hands, people. Peace.